Ranger Candy Coffee Company is a veteran-owned, handcrafted premium coffee roaster located in Shoehorn Bend, Arkansas. They offer a variety of single-origin and flavored coffee. Their coffee is roasted and packaged by husband and wife duo Larry and Sierra Littlefoot. Ranger Candy Coffee Company has also partnered with disabled American veterans, a 501c4 nonprofit that supports combat veterans in their post-war readjustment process. They donate a portion of their profits to them as a way to give back. So when you shop at Ranger Candy Coffee Company, know that you are supporting not only a veteran-owned small business, you are also supporting an outstanding veterans nonprofit. Check out Ranger Candy Coffee Company's selection of special blends, K cups, single origin, and flavor coffee at RangerCoffeeCandyCompany.com. Use promo code Andres Segovia and get free shipping on your order. So go to RangerCandyCoffeeCompany.com, choose your blend, size, and brew, and taste America in every sip. This is the Andres Segovia Show. All right, Jenny, so we are rolling. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to the Andres Segovia Show. I am your host, Andres Segovia. Uh, today, I'm joined by a special guest. Not only does she have an interesting story to tell, but she's also someone I know personally. So I want to welcome to the show, to the show, uh, Charity Harkins. Charity, introduce yourself to those who may not know you. Hey, um, my name is Charity Harkins, and I live in Wyoming, which is kind of a unique uh, trait of mine <laughs> because there aren't many of us here. But I am a mom of two boys. I've been married to my husband, Shane, for going on 16 years this summer. Um, Together, we have a private practice in counseling. He's the counselor, and I do all of the back-end insurance billing bookwork type, keep it running. Um, And so he's been, he started that practice about eight years ago, and we've we just kind of run that together and have a couple employees that are counselors as well. So on top of that, I just started this new adventure as a faster way to fat loss coach. And it's been quite fun already. And yeah, that's, that's a little bit about me. Okay. So if I heard you right, you, you mm-hmm. just say, how long did you say you were married for? 16 years. This yeah, July I, will be 16. Yeah. That's, that's not, um, that's not sitting too well with me right now. <laughs> I know. 16 years? Holy yeah. smokes. Well, I was thinking about how long I've known you, and I probably met you in the year 2000, is Something my guess. Like that, yeah. And, yeah, uh, I think it was in 10th grade, I think, yeah. I think my sister met you the year before I met you, because she came to California the year before I ever did. Um, so wow, we've been friends true. for 22 years. Is that Does Almost that help? Like- <laughs> I know. Let that sink in. That is crazy. Uh-huh. Um, wow. Cause yeah, when you say 16 years, uh, I'm actually on the cusp of 12 as we record this interview. Yeah. So I'm about to hit 12, uh, 12 years uh, married myself. Uh, today when we record this, del Cinco de Mayo, uh, mm-hmm. it means nothing to me since I'm not Mexican, but the, this, what's significant about it, it's the day that uh, um, my wife agreed to be my girlfriend. So that was 14 ah, years. Ago. So 14, 14 years together, uh, mm-hmm. 12 years married. Cool. Yeah. Yes. I've, when we hit 13 and it was like, our marriage is a teenager now, that was kind of a, I don't know, a <laughs> big number for to become a, your marriage is a teenager is, you'll hit a big one. <laughs> yeah. It's, still, that's. 16, 16 years. Wow. Um, mm-hmm. Awesome. And yeah. I, I didn't, I didn't know. Um, well, I'm, I'm assuming that the, the faster way I think, is this an extension of what you do with Shane or? Nope. It's separate. Yeah. Oh, separate. Okay, Shane, okay. 
Shane ha- um, is a licensed clinical social worker, and so mm-hmm. he is a full-time clinical counselor. Um, okay. And then he started out on his own just before our second son was born. So, mm. and he's seven and a half. So yeah, it's, um, it's a wild ride, but we have, we've been growing and he stays very busy. He's an excellent, excellent therapist. So it's, well, it's a lot. I, I, I guess I, I, I want to ask this because I'm really curious. Um, yeah. cause a lot more people are talking about health now. Yeah. Not enough people are talking about it. But the reason I guess it's been in the mix is because of the after effects that have happened with lockdowns, particularly with, the, with those with kids. And you yeah. see, in this case, your husband being a, a clinical psychologist, uh, uh, how, how has that, um, what has been the ramifications um, of what he's seen? Has, has, would you consider him being a lot busier lately uh, because of what's transpired over the past two years? I think so. Yeah. Um, I, especially when the lockdown first started, he had in, in April of 2020, when so many people were losing business, he had the busiest record month he'd ever had in his practice. And everybody had gone online and nobody had conflicts in their schedule, but everybody wanted that connection time. So they, you know, it was a priority that they would meet with him because everybody was stuck at home. And there was a lot of a lot of anxiety, a lot of depression, a lot of people really struggled from that and coming out of that. It's, it's just stayed busy. A lot of times there's kind of the ups and downs depending on seasons, especially around here where um, seasonal depression is really high with our long winters, but it, it hasn't slowed down at all um, since then. He's stayed very busy. Yeah, I bet. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Cause when people think of Wyoming, they just think, a grand open spaces uh, yeah. oh, and over here being on the West coast, well, people are more uh, in touch with their feelings, if you will, <laughs> um, <laughs> where any little thing like, Oh my gosh, uh, I, I was murdered today. It's like, what? It's like, it, mm. you don't think about a place that has a lot more free space to roam that people might, might be um, as negatively impacted as say, as someone that's confined to an apartment and can't even walk down the hall. But yeah. uh, the the effects, um, I think that uh, people that uh, don't consider even what's transpired and what are considered the flyover states, if you will, mm-hmm. um, it has been either a shared experience or in, in some cases even worse because of what uh, the the supply chain, how it's affected them uh, and their way of life versus yeah. a place that's always been expensive, which is the big cities on the on the on the west and the east coast. And there's there's always something to be able to get, and I'm like, all right, fine, I, I can't go, I, I can't go get my food, so I'm just gonna door dash it. I do not think that that was something that is in a town of 2,500 people that was easily as accessible as it was here. Um, well, I live in a little bit bigger town in Casper, where we are. There's there's more closer to 50 or 70 thousand, depending on how you look at it. So they did have some of those options. Um, And I will say being in Wyoming, we had a lot more options for we can we can just go out of town and there's nobody there and we could still leave our houses and get to places where we were just alone. And, you know, if we're trying to social distance, we could still do that pretty, pretty well, just because that's 
the kind of the saying that came out when social distancing became a thing was that um, Wyoming's been social distancing since 1890 when we became a state because <laughs> <laughs> we really do that naturally. So that part of it was for sure. But, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but also, Oh, my dog. Um, the, the winters being long though, also on top of like, we're stuck at home and winter is nine months of the year here. Like it snowed last week still. Um, that, I mean, it, we all had our adjustments that we had to make, whether it was yeah. you were in an apartment and you couldn't leave to go in the hallway or we're stuck where we can't get out of the cold weather when maybe people would have traveled otherwise around mm. that time of year or something. So, yeah, because there are there are parts of, of Wyoming, uh, especially when I think of uh, of Wyoming, uh, it's where what, we, can I can I can I say that Warland is your hometown? Mm-hmm. Yeah. OK. All right, so like when I think of places like uh, around there, whenever I went to Warland, um, from there it'd always be like a jumping off point for me to either get to Yellowstone, but mm-hmm. I gotta go through Cody. And when I think about those places, I think of them as heavily reliant on tourism. Yeah, and that was all gone, and I yeah. cannot imagine what that must have done to the econ, the local economy there, to not receive anything at all. And when, um, I guess the 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 government was sending out funds to help people cover uh, whatever expenses they had. I, as a small business owner, can attest to how difficult it was for even us to get a, a PPP loan because mm-hmm. companies that didn't need them, particularly in the East Coast, because they were three hours ahead of us, they were all getting it mm-hmm. versus us. Like, as much as uh, I love and respect them, Tom Brady, do you have the money to run your operation for years to come without a penny from anywhere else. But TB12 sports ended up getting PPP. Like, mm. meanwhile, the little companies were uh, out holding the bag. Um, and then the, the so-called summer of love happened, and then things got even worse. So there there has been a lot of, of issues, uh, not just due to the lockdowns, but some of the after effects that, um, that transpired with it. Like, uh, what I consider people raging out because mm. of things that have transpired. And um, it was just ripe for the happening. I actually, I was I think it was March, mid March, as we were heading into the lockdown here in California, where uh, I declared, "It's like I'm hoping we don't see um, riots akin to the Los Angeles riots now, specifically uh, citing a racial riot because yeah. of where I saw our country was going." And yeah. not even two months later, it happened. So it's. To, to see all that's transpired. Uh, so th- before that, people stuck at home. And then when they ran out of things to do, they just kept shoveling food into their mouth. And if they're in an apartment, they can't do anything they, they feel. Uh, mm-hmm. And then came the time where like, all right, we're getting out of COVID. Yeah, but now you don't fit through the doorway. And then there were, <laughs> and then there were others that were, that were dealing with the psychological effects because uh, mm-hmm. this is social engineering by social media that mm-hmm. makes you either feel awful about yourself or envy others for their lifestyle. So you have that discouragement because you'll never measure up. So you had physical and mental effects that were happening, not to mention kids that, mm-hmm. that weren't able to, to have a, a proper, I guess what you said, normal childhood to be confined to a space. Yeah. And, and that that did hurt a lot of people um, that, that that I knew, and I, I guess and to and to ask you, um, 
how even though it was Wyoming, I think Rhode Island has a larger population than Wyoming itself, even though territorial-wise, I think Wyoming is the fourth largest state in landmass yeah. <laughs> in the continent of the United States, at least. Like, mm-hmm. uh, But even even then, um, like you said, pe- there were people struggling. Uh, was it a similar experience that you would say that, that people still have like, health issues despite the fact that they're great outdoors? Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I mean, I've known we all have people that we know who who COVID took from us or the different um, diseases. And we still are, my boys had to finish out the school year here. And I like when my fir- my older son was in first grade when he had to come home. So he didn't get to finish first grade and then went like right into second grade. And I still see how that that was hard on kids just to like be pulled out of school and they lost all the social side, but also a lot of the education that just can't happen when you're not set up for that just out of the blue. And I think we're still, we're still coming out of it. And I think parts of education is better because of it, because now they are equipped to, to do it from home if they need to. And previously there was no option for that. So in that way it's improved because when we've had to be quarantined this year for whatever different exposures, um, my kids still got to have school and they, mm. when it started, but they didn't. <laughs> so yeah. that's, yeah. yeah, that's helpful. Right. So I switched my headphones out for those wondering, how did I switch my headphones? Uh, just to avoid some technical issues. So one thing that you, that you touched on, I don't think I've mentioned this before on my program, actually that my kids only missed in-person learning about a month, no more than that. Wow. They, they did go back a small Christian uh, private school. Allow, yeah. it, it, they were able to social distance um, and, and maintain, like follow um, the you know, safety protocols and offer, I guess, uh, at-home learning too at the time. So they, they were able to adjust on the fly, which was pretty awesome. And on top of that, uh, I think what uh, what really helped was that since, like, I expected what was going to happen to happen, that this was not going to leave us. It's just going to be a part of our everyday life. To get down to zero COVID is just ridiculous. Yeah. I- even China's extreme cases on trying to get to zero, their, their zero COVID policy is absolutely insane. So it's just mm-hmm. another example of you're not going to achieve it, so you got to learn to live with it. Yeah. So in my case, that's what I assumed. And that's why I told my wife, we will, we will prevail over this. We're not going to let this control us. We will take the precautions that are necessary and, and care for those around us. Our kids will go to school. Yeah. So that's the long and short of that. And uh, yeah, they, they didn't miss uh, almost any school. And it was, I guess right. you could say, due to um, other parents being inspired by us, that uh, eventually when fall came around and schools opened up, that uh, at first it was like ghost town. <laughs> there were no mm-hmm. kids coming back. Um, but we were persistent. We kept coming. And uh, the school's buzzing and it's growing and it's bigger. And that's, that's what I wanted to see. Like, honey, we need to trailblaze. This needs mm-hmm. to uh, – we, we cannot uh, let this thing defeat us because if like, if anyone studies any history and, and will know, it's like this thing is it's here to stay. Mm-hmm. So, um, so yeah, that, that's been one thing. So it, uh, I know that that's where it's been hard on kids, but when it's, it's also been hard on parents, um, uh, especially if 
they got to juggle a lot of things as, as you and your husband do. And it's like, okay, now I got to be teacher and being teacher. It's like now there's less time. If there were, if there were like me time, if you will, uh, mm-hmm. there was less of it to none of it. So yeah. then the, the burnout that people felt was that, okay, I'm exhausted physically, mentally, mm-hmm. maybe emotionally. Cause the kids, you can, you can take a horse to water, but you can't make them drink. Kids, you can take them over. They're not going to do their homework. They're not going to eat. They're not going to drink. They're not going to sleep when you tell them to. So it it gets exhausting, right? Uh, And so then when it comes to being able to take take care of someone's health, uh, well, they don't. So when when they know they have to, when their body tells them like, hey, hey, it's time to do something for your well-being, it's like, I don't have the time. Yeah. That's because people forget that nutrition is almost all of it. So like any, yeah. any training program is 80% nutrition, 20% exercise. Yeah. And if they, they slip up or in my case, get injured uh, mm-hmm. and it's, it's hard to, if you're in a bulking phase, for example, um, it's really hard to switch everything to go into a, into a cutting phase because you, your body was conditioned, but it's to know the discipline, know the principles and get back in it. Uh, and that's kind of how we segue to to your um, to your approach. Um, can, can you tell my audience as to uh, what your your health journey was before you entered to be this uh, um, this coach in the style that you're coaching? Uh, yeah, sure. So I guess my health journey. Um, I really didn't care what I ate <laughs> for the <laughs> longest time, um, and I really I I even though like my sister tended to be more healthy, she's a yoga instructor and and eats very clean. Um, Mm -hmm. But when I had my first son is when I started paying attention to like, he's like this fresh new little baby and nothing bad has been put into him. Like Mm -hmm. no, like every piece of food that goes in his mouth I can now decide what I want to put in him and you can't control what your kids eat completely, but I could, I started learning about the importance of whole food nutrition, Mm. just like to some degree of like how to introduce foods to him to just um, begin that kind of lifestyle in him from a very early age. And so my shift there for a while was more just focused on, more real food and less processed food in general, as I'm raising these humans and I have the opportunity to either teach them to really love all this processed food, all these sugary things that kids are just, it's just marketed to kids like crazy, Mm -hmm. or I can help shape their taste buds from an early age. So they're not having to try to, to get over loving lucky charms when they're (laughs) older, you know? And so um, but even in that, it's not like we just never had anything processed. Don't get me wrong at all. And um, I and so simultaneously, I tend to keep getting older. <laughs> like It just keeps happening. <laughs> and the the thing you hear as a woman and I don't know how much men like hear this, the same thing about women specifically, but I know you have your own the ways that your bodies change. But women are like, well, once you've had kids, you'll just never have your your body back. You'll never be as little as you were before or whatever it is. It's not about size, but just you'll never feel the same. And like, as we're aging and hitting, getting closer and closer to a menopause sort of, sort of age, mm-hmm. um, 
our hormones change. That's how, that's how our bodies are. And, yeah. and it was just, as I, I was of like 35, 36, things started fitting differently. And I was like, well, I guess this is just what happens when you hit mid thirties, approaching 40, um, had two kids, my clothes just fit differently. And I'm going to have to start buying bigger shirts. And I just need to be okay with it. Cause that's what everybody kept saying was just body positivity, accept yourself the way you are, you know, and I'm, I'm all for body positivity. Like I want us to love ourselves, but I think in loving ourselves, I've learned how to take care of myself rather than just let myself feel terrible. (laughs) So that was, that was pre learning about the faster rate of fat loss Mm. for me. You want me to keep going? (laughs) Yeah, you can. Well, you were on a roll there, but um, I guess something that you, that you touched on was the whole, I guess you could say the peer pressure. That yeah. is a very real thing in society. And when you, when more people, especially in the past two years, living their lives in front of a screen, whether it's a monitor, a TV, a phone, or a tablet, or the digital screens at their stations or whatever, there's always something now that is quite literally uh, demanding their attention. And mm-hmm. it's, and normally we're hit by. Um, I call it propaganda, but there some people call it commercials for beverages and, and foods that are not good for us. But it's like <laughs> prominently there. It's like Coca-Cola advertises themselves as if no one has ever heard of them. You know, yeah. it's like, yeah. yeah, I know. I don't need yeah. to see 10 ads for it during the commercial break of a, uh, any sporting event, you know, or you go to the theaters, you're sitting down, you know, you pass the concession stands. But mm-hmm. when you go sit down and then the tra- before the trailers start rolling, there's like why would you do that yeah like, look at the attention to detail with the how the ice is cracking as the fountain mm-hmm. drink lands on oh, it yeah. like, okay honey I'll be right there. I, need to, I need to get some <laughs> yeah so yeah like that's is a real detrimental effect because like i said that's why it's mental that like, wellness is all together it's mm-hmm. mental spiritual physical mm-hmm. and, and and you in a, in a way uh, accepted that until you didn't what was the point where you said no i don't have to be this way um well my coat didn't fit (laughs) in the winter (laughs) i had just bought (laughs) a really nice new winter coat because as we've discussed wyoming winters are long here and it's worth it to invest in a nice coat here Mm -hmm. so i had bought a new winter coat And as the winter of 2020, moving into the new year 2021, as it was going on, like it was tighter and tighter to zip my coat. And Mm. I spent too much money on that coat for it to just not fit anymore. (laughs) (laughs) But that was an indicator for me because I knew I knew my clothes, like I was just having to buy looser shirts and I was like finding a way to like a different style of clothes or bigger pants and things. But when my coat didn't fit, that was kind of like, I don't know. I've heard other people say it's a trigger. (laughs) (laughs) I had to buy new snow pants and I thought, (laughs) man, I just don't like this. I just don't feel like myself. Um, And backing up, I had also had a really stressful few years from about 2017, even like, been going into COVID, but I had a lot of personally that was hard in like outside of my immediate family. Mm -hmm. And, um, stress, stress is a big, a big, uh, 
detriment to our health as well. And so I know that was playing in as well. And then um, I found out I was anemic and I'd never had iron issues. Even when I was pregnant, I didn't, a lot of people when they're pregnant have anemia come on. So I started taking iron supplements. Um, It was so low that she said if it was any lower, she would have sent me in for like an actual infusion of iron. But um, we were able to medically take, I could take iron every day. So I did that until my numbers were better. And then I just kind of quit taking it, which I knew that's not how it's supposed to work. (laughs) But Mm -hmm. um, okay, so we're at the end of 2020. We went on a trip. My coat didn't fit. I was feeling just like, I don't feel like myself, tired, just all the things. And I, somebody I randomly follow on Instagram started talking about her journey using the faster way to fat loss and how she had kind of felt in a similar way that I was feeling and the way she was describing it. And it had helped her just to get her nutrition back on track and give her a plan for how to just feel better. I I wanted to feel better. If I needed to buy a new coat, I could buy a new coat, but I didn't feel good. Um, And when I looked into it, I knew personally, I didn't want to sign up for a program where I'm buying food that somebody else made in a factory because I know that God has given us the food that we need to live a healthy life. Like, I believe that the Lord provided it all for us. And so, and I didn't want to just any kind of program like that, where I felt like it was too manufactured here, mm-hmm. take this, eat these bars or these shakes or whatever, like as a personal preference, because I've seen a lot of people do that and find success, but then also it's not always a long-term success. And I didn't, I didn't want a short-term fix, I guess. And the more I looked into it, the more I, I saw, they just, they just help you find ways to, implement whole food nutrition in a way that your body needs and exercise. They give you the, the exercise 30 minutes a day and pair it with a nutrition plan that makes it effective for weight loss and muscle gain and uh, repairing your hormones and kickstarting your metabolism back up. And I just felt like, yeah, I think this will work. And I'd never, Personally, I never dropped money on any sort of weight loss program before because I just kind of did whatever I did. (laughs) And when I did, it was like, okay, I'll see. And I might not like this and I might hate exercising, but maybe, maybe it'll work. And I'll probably just cancel my membership later. And then I just, it it was great. It was, it gave me a plan. It gave me, um, so I knew exactly what my body need by tracking macros and not counting calories. Yeah. It gave me 30 minutes a day showing up on my phone of exercise that I knew, like I have trainers that know what I did last week and they know what I'm going to do next week and they're programming it to move me forward. And I can do it in my basement. I didn't have to leave my family. It was just a quick 30 minutes before my boys are even awake or even if they are awake, they just hang out with me. And it was just so manageable and sustainable that I just never quit. <laughs> hmm. That's that's really what happened is I thought maybe I'll just try this experiment and then I never quit. And I uh, really enjoyed it. Yeah, you took it to the next step. Yeah, exactly. Coach, right? Yeah. So I, um, but I did it for 13 months before I ever considered or 12, 
yeah, 13 months before I considered being a coach. And I mean, there's opportunities to join as a coach previous, but I, I didn't want to start trying to get people to sign up for this thing. If I wasn't going to be able to continue it, I didn't know personally if I would even keep going. And so I wanted to do it a while. And I, I honestly never thought I'd be a coach, <laughs> but <laughs> just through conversations with my husband, it, one thing led to another. And I was like, I just kind of need my thing. Cause I love working with him. I love that I can help his counseling practice be successful. And he calls it our practice. I should say our practice, but I mean, he's the counselor. <laughs> um, and he's like, well, what if you did something like coaching? And, and then here we are. Cause he said, you've already spent so much time over the last year learning this program. It's been good for you. You've found success and in yourself and me just gaining energy and vitality and like, I came back in ways that I didn't know were missing. <laughs> I didn't know parts of me that were gone. And that was just like, well, I'm just older, but like I came back alive in so many ways and he could see it too. So that was why I decided it, it not only would it give me something as a coach to be able to offer people, but I could help people find themselves back even or maybe they never knew themselves or maybe it's parts that we didn't know were missing like myself and um and I got my blood work done after I signed up to be a coach and my iron was normal and I haven't taken iron supplements in a year and a half and I think it's only because of the nutrition that I've increased just eating better so much better (laughs) so that was cool (laughs) yeah it's it's amazing how it's some changes that we make and we start just leaving things out that that harm us and just intaking more of things that are good for us mm-hmm. then eventually it's like like the whole iron thing so you don't have to think about it anymore it's like oh look at that it's like mm-hmm. well maybe there were some other foods that were depleting the iron instead of adding the iron or mm-hmm. didn't have the iron they said they did because who's to know that not really a placebo fortified. pill you know it's like oh yeah fortify with this and that it's like well who is really to say and, yeah. and that's just it so the only way to know is to is to eat um whole whole food mm-hmm. and things like yeah. that um I, I i love your story i love i love the part that you emphasize too that it's not about the calories it's the macros because yeah. there, there are a lot of people that follow calories and mm-hmm. it's like oh yeah this doesn't have that many calories so i'm gonna take this yeah but what you're eating are potato chips but not all calories are created equal. <laughs> exactly. It's like, well, this drink only has these many calories. Yeah, but those are empty calories and all you're yeah. drinking is sugar. Yeah. And, and that's that's what people, they need counseling on. Mm. And in in a sense, you found a way to to take in, in, in your, your practice with your husband, um, a way to also extend in a way that you know best how. Mm-hmm. to to counsel people. Yeah, one of the biggest pieces of the faster rate of fat loss is um mindset. And I have realized even in the short time I've been a coach, I've realized how much of what I do is just helping people shift their mindset and going from this like all or nothing, counting calories, I can never enjoy what I eat again kind of mindset because that's not sustainable. We can't cut out all the good things that we enjoy for the rest of our life. It's not 
it's not going to last. And eventually we're going to want the food that we used to enjoy. And so it takes a, takes an approach of enjoy the food you're eating. We incorporate a treat when we want it, but we don't let that derail us. We're not like, well, I guess all is lost because I ate that brownie at the birthday party. It's Mm -hmm. no tomorrow. I just won't eat a brownie and I'll meet my macros with the whole food that I've learned about through the faster way. And it's not deprivation. And I eat, I eat more food now than I ever did before. I was under eating, not because I was like intentionally starving myself to try to lose weight. I just didn't know. I didn't know what my body needed. And I was under eating so significantly and my body was holding on to the fat because it wasn't getting what it needed. And it was like a survival that our bodies put into place. And so by not eating enough, we actually gain weight because of that, because we're not giving our body what it needs for the energy and the fuel to get through the day. And it will hold on to whatever you give it because at least it's getting something that way. (laughs) Yeah. And that's exactly what people were shocked when they're like, wait, hold on. How'd you get so big? Like, I only eat twice a day, skip breakfast because like I, I'm not I wasn't a breakfast eater. Yeah. And when people find out like, well, you're not really eating all that wrong when you're having your other meals, you're just at odd times or whatever. And just like you, I learned like, well, the body is like, well, you're not gonna eat, so we need to store. So that's yeah. when so here's here's something that's interesting because like okay, so if we establish that we were under eating or in my case eating at completely odd hours. How is it that the fasted way works versus my supposed fast unintentional? Yeah. And I gained weight. I'm and I and I gained the wrong weight. So what makes these two approaches different? Because I think that's what people kind of miss out. Well, I you know, I, I skip breakfast or whatever. Breakfast. Yeah, but there's there's still something that you're not doing right versus what is the fasted or in this case faster way um yeah. to to lose weight. Would you enlighten us on that? So the faster way we do intermittent fasting and we, we fast 16 hours a day and eat for eight hours a day. We have a fasting window and an eating window. And the reason behind that is that your body actually needs a rest from intaking food so that it can digest all that you've given it. And if you're just constantly giving it more, it's never going to tap into those glycogen and fat stores that you have because you're just like adding on to the top, right? But if you give your body a break, it will actually be able to digest all of what it has been getting in a just a in ways that it won't if you keep feeding it every few hours. And so we use that combined with carb cycling and macro tracking within that eight hours. And if I eat all that I my body needs to eat in those eight hours, Going 16 hours is easy, but it's the eight hours of eating that most people usually just think, okay, I didn't eat for all those, the fasting time. So I'm just going to eat whatever I want. And that's not, our body still needs specific nourishing habits to be established. And when we carb cycle, we, we, um, we aren't afraid of carbs, but we also know that our bodies are master adapters and your body will adapt to whatever you're doing. Like we were talking about when you're under eating, your body's going to adapt and it's going to hold on to whatever it can. And if you are eating in a specific way, well, your body kind of it gets used to it and it's going to burn 
the calories in the way that you're giving it. But two days a week, I eat low carb and high fat. And so I'm telling my body, okay, we're going to burn through this today. And then starting Wednesday through Sunday, I eat all the carbs, but I limit my fat. And it it's like my body doesn't know what's coming. <laughs> it's like, mm. oh, what are we going to get today? What are we going to get tomorrow? We're going to get, oh, we're not getting carbs today. So we're going to get all this fat. And we're going to tap into to burning other the between the fat and then and then we when we're getting all the carbs we're going to build up the muscle and we're going to burn those carbs for fuel because in the, the days that we're eating carbs we're strength training and we're um building muscle because muscle fuels metabolism and if you don't have muscle underneath the fat you're trying to lose you won't burn the fat because there's no muscle to be fueling your metabolism and sparking your metabolism to get started. So it's, it's the combination of the workouts that we're doing with the carb cycling, eating enough by tracking our macros and making protein. Protein is a huge priority. It's the same every day. So we, we rotate our carbs and fat, but the protein is always high and it's always the same. And as someone, I mean, I'm from Wyoming. I love me some meat (laughs) <laughs> we always had cows and I had no clue how under proteined I was because mm. I never kept track. And I thought, oh, protein, that won't be that hard. My goodness. I It was a huge learning curve how to get in enough protein. And it has made a world of difference. Yeah. And that's, that has been um, my uh, the biggest struggle, I could say, with my bulking phases. Mm-hmm. Because um, with my trainers, my target was anywhere from 175 to 205 grams of protein daily. For someone like me, I'm like, "Whoa, man! I'm I'm barely hitting 130." Yeah. <laughs> it's like I gotta add up like another 80. It's mm-hmm. it's hard. That's mm-hmm. where, in my case, uh, when I take supplements, I supplement with the with protein shake. I I mm-hmm. usually get as clean as a protein as possible. I don't like the add-ons or whatever. So the ones that I get uh, tend to be is just way isolated protein. And if they have one more ingredient, it'll be like either sunflower oil or something else just to like a preservative. Other than that, it's as clean as it gets because uh, I, I need to. And um, if I don't use that one, I would use a, a vegan one. And I guess I'm plugging in Tom Brady's TB12 sports here. But uh, they have some of the cleanest uh, nutrition uh, available on the market which is why you also pay a premium. Mm-hmm. But uh, he wants me to go vegan. That's why I'm like, well, um, what happened to your whey isolate protein, bro? Mm. Because uh, no, I still need my whey isolate. So uh, I, I, I do use that as a, as a form of supplement. So this morning for, um, for breakfast, I had a predominantly green smoothie with a, a scoop of, in this case was 20 grams of protein mm-hmm. on, on that shake. So that was my breakfast. But uh, when I when I work out, my intent is to have anywhere from 40 to 50 grams of protein. Mm-hmm. And that's inconsistent too, especially if I don't get to do that workout. But it, the whole thing is in just two, let's say just two shakes, for example, that would be at most maybe 70 grams of protein. That means I'm still 100 grams short. Yeah. And when, when people are like, oh, I ate this big piece of chicken. Well, if you ate a chicken breast, that's about 35 grams. Like, yeah. And I'm like, oh, okay. So like, well, I'm eating this piece of steak. Well, if it's six ounces pre-cooked, that thing shrinks. Mm-hmm. And now you, the, the the net weight is probably like four ounces. And now you're eating less protein than you thought you were. And it's it, 
like you said, it's like, dude, so I'm not getting enough protein. No, and that's been my struggle. Um, not getting mm-hmm. enough protein. So yeah. it's it, it is it is impressive. I don't know how you're able to squeeze uh, all the protein you need in eight hours. But that's, yeah, <laughs> that's one of the probably one of the biggest things we hear is like, how do I eat this much food just in general, but also within an eight hour window? And uh-huh. my personally, I can't get hungry. If I get hungry, I know I'm going to be behind in being able to get enough food by the end of my eight hour window. And so Mm. I just keep uh, whatever the snacks that I have already figured out I'm going to eat for the day or um, shakes or, or, I mean, I have people who work and they bring all their food with them to work. Or if you're home, I mean, either way it's takes planning. And if I get hungry, then I know at 7.45, I'm going to be like, oh, I haven't eaten enough yet, you know? And <laughs> it's also though, we're not, it's never going to be perfect. And if I need to eat a little bit longer, I do. I mean, it's it's not a mindset of perfection. It's just progress because every decision that we make in the direction of having better health and achieving our health goals it's, it adds up. The consistency is what adds up. It's not four days of being highly motivated and then just quitting. It's, it's the consistency over time, making that progress, knowing that we don't have to be perfect. We don't have to meet it every day, exactly right on, but I'm doing better than I was 18 months ago (laughs) because of those small habits that have been built up. Yeah. And I'm glad you say it's not a strive for perfection. It's, no. a, it's basically a strive for consistency. Yeah. And I think that's where people get really caught up in um, feeling that they're failures because mm-hmm. they didn't do it this way or that and in, in that window or whatever. And that goes for just about anything. I missed a workout today uh, or yesterday, so I'm not going to work out the rest of the week. No, that's the opposite of what you should yeah. be doing. Get yeah. back on the high horse and keep moving or else one week goes by, then two weeks go by and you still haven't done it. Then three weeks, then a year's passed by. It's mm-hmm. like, that's why I, I get upset because uh, many people, and I think this is, uh, I don't know if it's an American thing, us culturally, or it, it's just uh, a human habit. It's like, oh, it's Thanksgiving. So from Thanksgiving to Christmas, I'm going to eat whatever I want. Yeah. And for the New Year's, I'm going to make it my goal to lose the weight. Well, we're approaching Thanksgiving. Did you lose the weight that you said you're going to lose the previous year? It's like, uh, no, I didn't. So in other words, you keep net gaining. Mm-hmm. Uh, when are you losing? You're not. Mm-hmm. So we're just ballooning and ballooning and ballooning. And a, a little bit of uh, I at the, the whole body positivity thing is that, uh, yeah, knowing that this is your body and you got to take care of it because the body that God gave you, mm-hmm. this is our temple. But now we're being told that no, you're okay. You're you're beautiful and brave, being dangerously obese, morbidly obese, super mm-hmm. unhealthy. And now we're being told that that's the new healthy. That uh, go to doctors that are uh, what do they call fat allies or something like that. It's like I'm sorry, what? Yeah. It's like all these crazy uh, terminologies and like like to make them sound. Uh, um, like it's it's more nuanced or smarter. It's like no, your body's telling you you have diabetes. It's mm-hmm. not a feeling. No, so it's 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 something that's that's psychological, mm-hmm. and it's it's huge. So like it goes back to the mindset thing. It's all about the war in the mind, and the, uh, until we overcome this, 
the rest is not going to fall into place because it's, it's it's all a mind game. And that's how it was for me. When I went on my, my weight loss journey, my triggering point was the one I knew was going to happen because um, for probably as the, just about as long as you've known me, I've had back issues, but it was around January, 2004, which was the first time I woke up feeling that someone was stabbing me in my lower back. I pinched my sciatica. I woke up screaming from bed and I'm like, this is awful. So Mr. Fredrickson waking up from the bed in the movie up every morning and mm-hmm. snapping us back into place. That was literally me. It's like, Oh, well, um, I guess um, I have an old body, so I might as well have uh, think like an older person too. I, I just felt more mature beyond my age, not because I was mature, but because my body was aching. Yeah. Like I had an old, old body. Yeah. Um, but that was just due to uh, injuries from sports and, and work and all the stuff that, that to me, like, Psh, I'm not going to go to the doctor. They're going to tell me what I already know what's wrong with me. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, but you didn't really take care of yourself. Now, there's more to uh, to also why I didn't mind living the way I lived that I'm not going to share on this one. I'm saving it for a special episode, but I'll tell you once we're done recording. Okay. Um, that uh, I didn't mind being that way. But then when there's milestones in life, high school graduation, uh university graduation uh, and then getting married yeah that was like all right let me just put off some weight so i can look good in the suit that was it good for pictures mm-hmm. so yeah i could do it if i wanted to it's just that it wasn't sustainable for me as a as a lifestyle yeah so i knew that my tipping point was going to come when i wasn't going to be able to move to play with my son so mm-hmm. my then one-year-old son wanted to play with me and i was on the floor i couldn't move my back mm-hmm. was just beyond by that point i had two pinched nerves and my doctor told me that my back was being held by duct tape. <laughs> so I said, you got to lose the weight. Like, and I can't pay with my son. So that was my triggering point. Yeah. I put up with the pain. But then at that point, I, said, I can't pay with my son. This, this is impossible because now I got a third on the way. So I'm like, okay, I need to put off the weight. So by then, uh, I needed to think about it. And I did. Uh, and it was a mental shift. Like I prepared myself for about a month before I, I dove straight in. Mm-hmm. So in one month, I had dropped five pounds. But it wasn't fast enough for me because I'm like, my my third child's going to be here by the end of summer. No, mm-hmm. uh, by, by, by fall. So like, I needed to like speed this up. So I, I entered a, a weight loss program with a, a friend of mine, a coach. As a matter of fact, it's a mutual friend of ours, Priscilla. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. um, so she, uh, was offering this to me a year earlier. And, uh, um, my wife said it's uh, no go because like, no, you should be eating whole foods and stuff like that. My wife's healthy and she cooks, but she can't keep up with the cooking uh as in a, in a chaotic lifestyle it's so hard. i was like i told her let me do something that i can control mm-hmm. okay, i don't want to be dependent on anybody else right now let me do something i can control and then she saw it for what it was and it, and it was uh i lost 80 pounds in three and a half months so mm-hmm. then like, to her I was like whoa and uh, and priscilla didn't even have to coach me i told her look i'll just i'll just report back to you um because the goal was to eat like anywhere from 12 to 1400 calories i was averaging 850 and it's like, oh, but that's dangerously low. Believe me, I have plenty stored that my body seems to use up. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and and it did. So yeah, I was critically low in, in, in calories. And I don't think people should do it the same way I did. Uh, <laughs> but that's just how serious I was. And honestly, yeah. I was eating that clean. Because like, wait, you're eating, you're eating a full chicken breast, uh, two, uh, two, hand, uh, uh, two handfuls of spinach, um, and you're, you're still getting carbs. Yes. And yet somehow you're still eating 850 calories. Yes, because I'm not adding oil. I'm not adding all these other things that just like pump up the calories. Mm-hmm. It's just that when you take it to its basics, 130 calories, perhaps, for chicken breast, grill it, boom, there you go. It's like 
maybe you cooked some of the calories out, but the point is that uh, you can control these things. So uh, for me, it was that. And then afterwards, it was like, I wanted to lose the weight first and then shift into fitness. Mm -hmm. My cravings didn't kick in until I started doing fitness. So that's like, oh, man, this is harder. But I was eating four to 5,000 calories daily and still losing weight and getting lean mass. Yeah. So it, it, was, it was crazy. It's I injured myself. So that's <laughs> and when I got back on it, I had to eat half of that. Uh, and it's just um, re-injuries and re-injuries along the way. It's a lifestyle and mm -hmm. I'm not giving up. It's, I'm just keeping going because that's all you can do really. Yeah. But it's, it's getting the principles in place. And if, even if I lose muscle, there's a beautiful thing called muscle memory. I'm like, Oh, that's so awesome. That I could still do this. And the mm -hmm. muscles come back. It's like, Hey, you're working again. Um, yeah. Cause I can, uh, but uh, it has been a, a learning process along the way where I'm, I'm like a sponge. I learn from a lot of different things that I have, I have done fasted. Um, I, I have done um, different carb cyclings. Uh, I have done shake only diets and, and things like that, but that's all for maintenance. Mm -hmm. a, a lifestyle is like, this is, I eat six times a day, three meals, three snacks. And I try to keep myself portioned, fueled along the way. I don't want to get hangry because then I'm going to eat. Yeah. And pizza is the bane of my existence because <laughs> the only thing that could trip me up. Um, but other than that, it's, it's a trying to maintain that uh, the, the principles really. And if I screw up, I'm not beating myself for it. It's like, all right, get back on it and do it better tomorrow. Mm -hmm. But a lot of people, they just throw in the towel. They give up. That's why these New Year's resolutions only last like until January 10th or whatever it is. And then it's like, yeah, I give up. Or I say, you haven't even started. Mm -hmm. it, so, yeah, it, it is um, it, it is that. And I'm glad I'm glad you shared that. But I must also say for the length that I've known you, that's why I guess I was I was taking it back. It's like, hold on. She's doing what? Like, but I never knew you to be overweight. I've always known you to uh, to be slender, slim. Okay. So that's why it's like, no, it's like you and um, um, and Shirley. It's like it was never like I never saw her as the fat one. <laughs> like, so that's why I'm like, you're you doing this? So that that is, uh, um, it is possible to be what is called skinny fat. And it, do do you feel you also? Uh, suffered from that that you were skinny fat because you didn't have the muscle because muscles help you with your metabolism and you say and energy and endurance mm -hmm. um but even being slim people can be skinny fat because mm -hmm. they're just filled with fat but not muscle right yeah and i think um my arms naturally have muscle like people would always be like what do you do you work out i'm like no literally all i do is pick up my kids like i don't i don't <laughs> like to work out, out. Just, kettlebell. my yeah my arms kind of have tone just and they don't build fat so that full disclosure is true um but where i saw it was in the place like in the midsection and the hips which is where women tend to put it on the most um and so as my hormone and men and men, but <laughs> as my hormones started to change mm -hmm. and as I'm getting older, my metabolism just slowed down. And so, yeah, I was, I was always known. I mean, I've never had a big weight problem and that's why I've just never really had to try the different programs. Like some, some people have tried them all, like you're, you're saying, or, um, but I didn't feel like myself. Mm in like the ways that my body was holding on to weight. Like I, I wasn't familiar with. And 
that's honestly one of the struggles that I had with like, I can, how could I be a coach? I've always just been mm-hmm. the skinny one. People are just going to look at me and say, she's always been small. This program can't be that incredible because she's always been small. She hardly, she didn't have any weight to lose. And I mean, you can say that, but I've lost weight and I've lost inches and I've gained strength and energy and repair and I'm repairing my body. And so even though I didn't, I'm not of the physical physique that just gained a lot of weight. I wasn't healthy on the Mm. inside. I just could fake it, (laughs) but I would do things like going on a hike and it was like, Oh, she must be in good shape. She's smaller. Um, she obviously her arms are strong, so she must be, she must work out, but I could like the hikes were hard because I inside, I was not healthy and I wasn't doing the things to nourish myself and move my body. I never moved my body. I did not like to work out. I had no interest in it. And I pretty much signed up for the faster way. And I thought, well, I'll adjust my food, but I probably won't do the workouts. Mm. (laughs) And that changed because (laughs) I saw that it was effective and I actually enjoy them because it's not hours of cardio. It's not like torture. It's 30 minutes and three days a week, I'm strength training, which I really enjoy. And I never knew. I didn't know that about myself. You might learn something new about yourself if you try something. You never know. But yeah, I guess that's, I've had to realize I do have something to offer, even though I've never maybe walked the same journey of gaining weight like other people. But that doesn't mean that nutrition and making healthier choices is not effective for anybody. I mean, anybody who decides they're going to make better choices for their body is going to benefit from it, I think. Yeah, they would. Mm-hmm. And I think that's actually a really good uh, way to end it on that note. Yeah. So uh, where can people learn more about you and the program that, uh, that you're coaching on now? Probably the best way to find me is on my Instagram and it's charity.an.wellness. And that's A-N-N. There's no E. Um, but on that page, there's links to my different rounds. We start six. The, the program starts with a six week round of like learning how to live the faster way. And then with the option to continue on in the membership and we get by signing up, you get meal plans, you get coaching from me. There's accountability. There's um, daily workouts that come straight to your phone. It's all right in your phone. And then I get to walk with you, give you my tips and tricks that I've learned and just kind of help you with that mindset shift to this is actually a forever thing that we're changing and not just a quick fix mindset. So charity.and.wellness. Yeah. And for those of you listening on the podcast, you know the MO. All these links will be available at the show notes of this episode at www.thenewsagover.com. And send me every link that you, that you have shared, and I'll be putting it there for the show notes for everybody to get. And so for those of you watching the video platforms, go to the show notes to accompany this episode and you'll find it there. And thank you, Charity, for sharing your story here and reconnecting on this, too. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it was it was something for me to see. Like, did she just open another Instagram? Instagram suggests you follow this account. Wellness. <laughs> like, oh, like, oh, then I got to talk to her. Because <laughs> I'm really I'm really glad to hear that because my my wife uh, before we got pregnant again um, was doing a, a fasted approach and mm-hmm. she was enjoying it. Um, Mm -hmm. because like honey 
it's just for you to get more energy like to to get back into um being physically active and things like that because she was she was always on the skinny side and now mm -hmm. it's the fourth baby but the the thing is when you see my wife and when you see my brother's wife uh people are like wait you guys are moms <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah and all these came from these two <laughs> like, all these kids <laughs> they're like well, that's crazy yeah they're uh they they, they really they really have different approaches to how they maintain their weight thereafter. Mm -hmm. um, and some of it's actually kind of cultural uh, with my wife being Taiwanese and, and stuff. There's, there's actually a, um, a nutritional program tailored to uh, Taiwanese Chinese people for, mm. uh, for the recovery period and then transitioning back to trying to uh, eat, I guess, the clean way they will eat. They're very heavy on the soups and stuff. People just think noodles but, and rice. Um, no, it's a lot of soup. I've never seen people eat so much soup. I'm like, dude, I usually have it as an appetizer. It's like, that's not my main food. Yeah. <laughs> but it, it helps because you, you get all the flavors in the place. And next, you know, it's like, hey, you know what? This wasn't as, it's filling mm -hmm. and it's not fatty. So mm -hmm. I guess it depends on what you throw in there. But yeah, just thought I, I just thought I'd say that because I was very, very acquainted with the, with approaches that like your, like your program. But on that note, Thank you so much for joining uh, you, me on, on the program, Charity. I'd love mm -hmm. to do this again um, yeah. soon enough. So, yeah, we'll be talking. Okay, sounds good. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Andres Segovia Show. Remember to like, share, and subscribe to stay in the know. If you want a question featured on the program or you never know, it could be an episode all on its own, you can message me at any of the social media links available at my website, www.theandresegovia.com. Also available there are all the directories where you can find my show. Remember to also follow me on YouTube and Instagram where other exclusive content resides. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the program. I'll see you on the next one.